0: So let's go ahead and turn in our Bibles to Exodus chapter 7, Exodus chapter 7, and we're talking about Moses, we're going through his life. We just went through Joseph's life, and now we're going through Moses, and as we look at this, it's a man of movement. God was constantly moving him. Even when he wasn't really moving, he was still moving. When he was in the wilderness, they moved from place to place, and it was a very interesting story of him. I hope you get something from His Word tonight. Let's go ahead and stand. We'll read um, um, Exodus chapter 7. And we're going to read all the way down to verse number 5. It says, Exodus chapter 7, it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, See, I have made thee a God to Pharaoh, and and Aaron thy brother shall be thy prophet. Thou shalt speak all that I command thee, and Aaron thy brother shall speak unto Pharaoh that he send the children of Israel out of the land. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and I will multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. But Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you that I may lay down my hand upon Egypt and bring forth mine enemy, mine armies and my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great judgment. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch forth mine hand upon Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the story of Moses. We have already went through a lot of chapters with him. But as we look at this in chapter seven, I want to see some things in this that we can apply in our lives. Thank you again for all the things you've done. Be with us as we study your word. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. You know, when you talk to Christians, sometimes there's a word that comes up. Have you ever been overwhelmed? Okay, me and Mark are the only ones have been overwhelmed, but I've been overwhelmed. Anybody else been overwhelmed? You know, you think, how in the world am I going to get through this? Or how am I going to get through this, through that? Have you ever looked at your day and go, there's no way I can get it done? There's just no way I can get it done. And so we have overwhelmed. And sometimes we're outnumbered. You go to my house, I had three girls that lived in my house. Every dog that we had was a girl. I was way outnumbered. I mean, if we want, I, you know, I hear some of these things, I've never, I don't even know what they are, Thomas the Train? I have no idea what that is. Bob the Builder. And then we've got some new ones. What does he like the, what? PJ mask. Get in your PJs and put your mask on. Is that what that is? Basically, all right. And so, I I mean, I I never went down that aisle. I didn't know that aisle existed in Walmart. I knew what um, American Girl dolls were, praise God. And I knew that the worst thing my mom ever did is take my daughter to an American Girl doll um, lunch place, restaurant. Did you know they had those? You bring your little American Girl doll, you dress like them, and you take them, and they sit in a seat, and then you eat your lunch there. It was in Chicago, and I can't imagine. My mom never would pay a meal like that for me when I was growing up, but she'll do it for her granddaughters, amen? You know, sometimes we're outnumbered, sometimes we're overwhelmed. There's one thing about about Moses I would say he was pretty, he was on both those. But yet he still did what God wanted him to do. Let's look at the first one. We've got, he was overwhelmed. When I say that, overwhelmed, there were a lot of things that went against him. There were a lot of things in the first six chapters that you read in chapter seven that you just think, what in the world is going on in his life? And you might even look at it and go, "Why did God do it this way?" But God had a purpose for everything. It's sort of like our lives. We go through this, we go through this. What's next? What are we going to do through? What are we going to get next? How are we going to get through this? And we get through it. We think, "Praise God, it's going on." And all of a sudden, we get hit with another. I was just looking through my Bible. I don't know if you've ever. How many of you ever had an open Bible? Does anybody? I'm not talking about open your Bible, but I mean it's open Bible. Well, I took my open Bible. And I just looked at the, the categories of how it broke this, these chapters down. And I wrote them down and I put them in this. I want you to see this. He was overwhelmed in Exodus chapter by chapter 7. Let's look at some something. That, this is nothing that I've said. This is everything that the open Bible says. The first one was it says in 427 it says Israel accepts the call of Moses as deliverer. That's how it breaks the section down. And I've not missed any sections in this as we go through this. And then it goes in... in, in Exodus chapter 5 verse 1 it says Pharaoh rejects Moses. So you see, you see Moses, you see his life going up and he's overwhelmed with this and all of a sudden Pharaoh rejects Moses. The next one is this. Praise God Israel rejects Moses. And I, and I was reading, I was like, can you imagine the life that he must have had? Pulling himself out of bed and saying, okay, I think Israel likes me and they get in, in Exodus chapter 5 verse 15 it says they rejected then all of a sudden in this it says in f- he it must have got to him because in verse number 22 Moses questions God's plan remember what Moses was he was he was he grew in the in the palace grew up in the palace but then he killed that man had to live in the wilderness his life was up and down all the way through this and now we're getting where he's supposed to be helping the Israelites get out he eventually will do that we all know that but to get there God wanted to mold him into what He needed to be. And sometimes God likes to overwhelm us to show us how powerful He is. His plan is always better than ours. Okay, then in Exodus chapter six, God comes back on the sign and back on the scene with him, and he reassures Moses everything's going to be okay. Moses reassures Israel. You see a pattern developing here? God recommissions Moses. Now everything's back into it and everything's going on and then all of a sudden, Moses objects about some things. He doesn't like the plan. And and then Exodus chapter 7, here's, here's God again. It's okay, Moses, I'm reassuring you that this is what I want you to do. Your life ever felt like that? Overwhelmed. And my my life, sometimes you go, wow, I just I don't know how I'm going to get this done, I don't know how I'm going to get that done. So sometimes we're overwhelmed. You know what, other times we're outnumbered. You ever felt outnumbered? If I watch the media sometimes, I feel outnumbered. I can't listen to the media very long. I don't care what channel it is. You know, it's a running joke in our office, Terry Larkin doesn't watch the news. She still thinks Ronald Reagan is president. And I'll say something and I I, I say it and then I think, you don't know who that is. You don't know what's going on. All right. She knows now that yesterday we had a quiz or Thursday we had a quiz. She knows now she lives in Tennessee. Kind of threw her off because her daughter goes to school in Virginia. Her husband works in Virginia. And so we got her all up and we got her all running. Have you ever felt like you're outnumbered? Ever thought about what Moses was up against? He was going against a a land, a a country, one of the most powerful countries in the world. It's Egypt. How How was Egypt blessed? They were blessed because of what Joseph had done. An Israelite had made him, made the country what it needed to be. And I'm not talking about just small facts, it made it the most powerful country. And now Moses is going against them. The, the problem is, the Israelites have lived there so long, they know all the things about Egypt. And some of them like their land that they live in. And they understand, he understands what he's fighting against. Because in him, all he's done is he's talked to a bush, God's told him what to do, and now he's trying to assume it. But the problem is, Egypt has a lot of gods. And the Israelites know who they are. What we don't understand is when God does these things with the ten, the ten plagues, is He's going to destroy all, the, all these um, gods, little g. When I say the Egyptian gods, they're all little g's because they're not real gods. But they always had these things that were in front of them, and they had the main, the main course of them, there were ten of them. And as you go up there, you see them. These are all the different tens, the ten different gods that they served. But each one systematically, and I'm going to do it in order, are going to be destroyed by these ten plagues. Because God always has a purpose, even when we feel like we're outnumbered. Ten little gods are nothing to one big God, Amen. amen? But the problem was, is these Israelites have been around them so much, they knew their names. So let's look at some of these. We'll go through these pretty quick. And some of them have some funny names. That's not happy I don't know how you pronounce it. We're going to say Hoppy, okay? And here, here this one is. This is the God of the Nile. What was the first one thing that, that, that Moses did? Turn the blood, turn the water into blood. He destroys one of these, and this is one of the most prominent ones. that They, they, they really worshipped the Nile. So they came up with a God that took care of it. Then you have Hecate. And Hecate is the goddess of fertility, water, and renewal. You have Jeb, which is the god of earth for them. I don't even know how to pronounce this. Kepra, the god of creation. The movement of the sun. You have Hathor, the goddess of love and protection. You have Isis, the goddess of medicine and peace. You have, this one's my favorite, you have Nut. He's the goddess of the sky. Then you have Seth, he's the God of, of storms and disorder. I would love to have that God come in and live in my life all the time. Can you imagine what they're, tr- they're trying to get him out of this picture? He's the God, to the, to the um, Egyptians, he's the God of storms and disorder. And this next one's fairly easy to look at. It's Ray, and if you look above it, it's got a sun on it. This is the God of sun. This is another one that they really worship. Remember what God did in this? The, it made darkness come. And then you have the last one. Do you know what the last one was? What was the last um, plague? It's an easy one to remember. It was the firstborn. First, firstborn was going to die, and they had to put the blood over. Do you know who else was a god, was one of the biggest gods in Egypt? Pharaoh himself. Remember what happens in that? The last one, it affects Pharaoh because what? He loses his own son. Now I told you that he, he systematically ran works these people out and works these gods out in the Egyptians' eyes and the Egyptians have got to look and go, what's going on? We've worshipped all these gods and these ten things have came in and all of a sudden everything's destroyed. Not only did God destroy the, the gods that they were, but God destroyed Egypt. He took everything out of Egypt. If you study this, you'll find out systematically, step by step, one through ten, he destroyed Egypt. There's a little statement in every one that says what? And God hardened the heart. Now that's a kind of a misconception. You say, well, God made him like that. way." God was just pushing him to who he really was. And God was going to make him, he wanted him to say what he thought. And his vanity actually got him killed. Okay, let me ask you this question. How many people have been in the military? Raise your hand. All you in the military. If you came up on a body of water, that body of water you knew was a big body of water. It was deep too. All of a sudden you see God work a great miracle and there's other people walking on dry land and you see bodies of water on both sides that you can't explain. Would you go between those bodies of water? I wouldn't. His own pride got to him. He tried to get through it, and it killed him. Systematically, God took care of every one of their little g-gods, and God took care of all their economics and their struggles. He took care of them so Israel, so they couldn't fight. He actually even took care of their army when they went through there. And I think he took Pharaoh out because Pharaoh was so prideful that he probably would have went after him, went around there and tried to take all of his men and try to wipe out the Israelites. Isn't it interesting what God says in this passage? We'll look at it in a second. but it says that he's going to have armies. You know what he's got? He's got some Jewish guys that have their animals, and they're not really an army yet, but God's going to make them into an army. God has a plan. But sometimes in our life we feel overwhelmed. We feel outnumbered. We have no idea how we're going to handle it. But then comes chapter 7. And chapter 7 gives four things, and I want you to see them real quick. Go to verse number 1. Have you ever read verse number 1 and go, why did he write that? Read verse number one, and I want to read it to you, and I'm going to read it twice through to, it, to you, and I want you to see why it says this. It says, and the Lord said unto Moses, now he's talking to Moses, and he says this, see I have made thee a God to Pharaoh, and Aaron thy brother shall be thy prophet. God has an order, but he also understands man's order. He made Moses a God. He made Moses a God in front of Pharaoh because Pharaoh already thought he was a God and now he's talking to an equal person, so he thinks. But he doesn't realize that the God that that Moses serves is much bigger and much much vaster than this little God of Pharaoh. Then it also says that that his brother, now his brother you'll find I think in verse number 8, is actually older than him by, four, by three years. But it says, And Aaron thy brother shall be thy prophet. I like it that it says this because it doesn't say that he's his priest. See, because man goes to the priest to talk to God in the Old Testament. But a prophet always goes to the people. And so he's got this order and he knows exactly what he's doing. When sometimes we don't know, we're overwhelmed. We're outnumbered and here God comes on the scene and he's got an order and he knows how to do it. You know, in, in the Brookdale, I'm going through the, the, the Ten Commandments with them and they knew the Ten Commandments. There was one lady that was quoting them to me and, and I had a good time with them. But when you even look at the Ten Commandments, God puts the Ten Commandments in an order. He's always got an order. You go to the Beatitudes in the New Testament, Jesus had an order. He set them in order, and and, and they're there for a purpose. So you have verse number one, you have the order. Go to verse number two. Not only do you have the order, verse number two, you have the plan. He says, thou shalt speak all that I command thee, and Aaron thy brother shall speak unto Pharaoh, that that he send the children of Israel out of his land. When you study this, you find it very interesting that he has a plan, and the plan is not always told all the way out. If you could write a book of how you got where you're at, would you have written it 20 years ago where you're at? I wouldn't have. But I know God has a plan for me, and God knows a lot more than I do. Does he know more than you? Absolutely. Does he know more than Moses? absolutely is he asking Moses to do a big task yes he is but he's got to get Moses where he needs to be and he needs to see God work miraculous things through this so he has a order he has a plan go to verse number three and four and you see this aspect of it It says I will harden Pharaoh's heart and what's the next word and what multiply Hmm. multiply my signs I don't want to steal my thunder for my last point, but I want you to see this later. There's a reason why he says that. Because the next thing he has is God's time. I feel like a lot of times so much in our life we're wanting the next stage when God wants us to learn in the stage we're in. Right? There's so many times where if I could just get out of this. God knows when he gets you out of this, he's got something else for you. And you know what I'm thankful for? I am thankful that God teaches us along the way. He says that, he says that uh, Moses and Aaron, he says, listen, there's going to be multiple signs. And that doesn't mean just one. Keep reading verse number three. And my wonders in the land of Egypt. He not only wants to show the Israelites, he wants to show Egypt how powerful he is. I don't even know if you can understand the devastation that's about to happen to Egypt. Just with one of them. Can you imagine if we were to wake up tomorrow and all of our water was blood? The animals couldn't survive that are in the water. Daniel was showing me a a house and he showed me a house that made it on TV or on, on I don't know what it was. But it showed in the bottom of the house, it had blood flowing underneath the the house. And what had happened is the people that lived beside the house had a butcher shop, and they were not draining the blood right. And it went over into their drain underneath their house. Can you imagine the stench of that? And God's about ready to do that to them. He has a plan, He has an order. And His timing is not always mine. It's like sometimes I just want to get with God and say, God, do you not understand what I need right now? And God's just looking back and going, I just wish you'd understand who I am. If I can create the whole world in in six days, I can take care of you. Right? How many of you think God can take care of you? Then why are we always asking God to do it a different way? And then you look back in retrospect and you think, thank God, that's how this worked out. I love my wife. I'm thankful for her. Teasing her this morning in choir, I don't know if you noticed, but she sang a solo. Amen. All the ladies were supposed to sing and she sang a solo and I was talking to her and some of you ladies had said something to her and, and she told me, she said, I felt like I had an outer body experience. I was the only one singing and no one else was singing. And so tonight, I, when we got done, I said it sounded good, but it sounded better this morning, amen. But you know, I see how God brought her into my life and the timing that she came into my life. Without getting into all the details, I was, I'm so thankful I ended up with her. Because in my mind, sometimes I thought, oh, if I could just go this way or this way or this way, if I could do this, if I could do that, if I could do this, I could do that. And the whole time, God had set a course. And he knows what's best for us. His timing is always wonderful. Go to verse number five. So let's read this one more time. It says, And the Lord said unto Moses, See, I have made thee a God to to Pharaoh. Little g. And Aaron, my brother, shall be thy prophet. And thou shalt speak all that I command thee. And Aaron, thy brother, shall speak unto Pharaoh. And he send the children of Israel out of the land. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. But Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you. That I may lay, lay my hand upon Egypt and bring forth mine enemies, my armies, and my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great judgments. So that's the timing of it. And then, verse number five, it says And the, Egypt, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch forth mine hand upon Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them. That's a miracle that he's going to pull these, these Israelites out of all these things and pull them out and make a nation out of them. He's going to pull them out of the Egyptians. You, if you were to take a survey, if they were to take a poll, and they were to find out how, if they could do this three months before, they'd say there's no way that could have happened. But God had a plan. But he also has this, a purpose, because even in this situation... He's not showing the Israelites how powerful He is. He's also showing the Egyptians. And He even gives them detail. What does He tell them before they leave? Get all the valuables you can. It's called back pay from the Egyptians. Bring all your animals out. We're going to get out of this land. God had a purpose. He wanted Egypt to understand how great God is. Aren't you thankful that He wanted Egypt to know how powerful He is? You know why you should be thankful? You're more closely related to an Egyptian than you are to an Israelite. How many of you in here are Jews? Very few. I'm thankful that he does something for the Egyptians. he's going to devastate them because he's got to get Pharaoh on board. But then all of a sudden comes number six. Verse number six. When you read verse number six, Everything's good. <laughs> verse number six it says, and they've got all this settled. They know what to do. God's told them what to do. Remember, they're going up and down. They're overwhelmed a lot. It says, and Moses and Aaron did as the Lord commanded them. So did they. Wouldn't that be a great verse for someone to write about you? You're thinking everything's going to go all right. It's going to be great. I'm gonna go on to Pharaoh, I'm gonna tell him what's gonna happen, and everything's gonna I wonder if he had pre- pre just notions in his mind that he thought everything was gonna be great when he did exactly what God told him to do. Because sometimes God along the way wants to teach us why we're going through that journey. Amen. All right. So let's go through this, and everything's good, and verse number seven just tells you how old the two are. And I I don't know about you, but at 80 years old, I don't really want to be going through through to see Pharaoh. And I have a brother here that's probably not as good as health as I am. He's 83 years old. So they're going to talk to him, and they're doing exactly what God wants them to do. But I want to to say this to you. God truly is an awesome God. (laughs) He truly is an awesome God. Now, picture you will. They've set this up. God's told them what to do. They're going to go and they're going to talk to him. They're probably pretty confident. There's only a few things that God said to them that thought, no, what, what that means multiple times, multiple signs. We're going to still do this. They've been rejected by everybody and then all of a sudden they come in and God's got to put his arm around and say, it's going to be okay. I can't talk. Well, I'll give you your brother. And he goes through all these things and he's boosting them up. So now he's in realm and he's going to go talk to him. I want to tell you this, God truly is awesome in your life if you just see it. If you just see it. Let's pick up the story. Everything's going great. Everything's going to be going well. And then all of a sudden, the story comes. Now picture yourself putting yourself into his his view of what's going on. And it says, in verse number 8, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, saying, When Pharaoh shall speak unto you, saying, Show a miracle for you, then then, then thou shalt say unto Aaron, Take thy rod, and cast it before Pharaoh, and it shall become a serpent. I don't like snakes. If I was Aaron, I'd say, could you hold this rod for me? I don't want to hold this rod. But so he's got this in his mind. He thinks, okay, I'm going to show them. And everybody knows what's going to happen. But just picture yourself, if you will, what Moses must be thinking. Remember, he's been overwhelmed. He's outnumbered. He doesn't know what's going on. He's going up and down, up and down. Then all of a sudden, verse number 10 happens. It says, and Moses and Aaron went into Pharaoh. And they did so as the Lord had commanded. They did exactly what God told them to. And they cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. I don't know if you've ever had the privilege of watching, I think it's Charles and Heston do this on TV. It was before special effects were not very special, amen? Throws, the snake down, throws it down all of so a sudden, it turns into a snake. And you know, I'm wondering if Moses is going, this is really neat. This is really neat. God, you're in control. You're an awesome God. Then something happens and he's like, uh uh-oh. All of a sudden, we all know the story, then Pharaoh, also called the wise men and the sorcerers, now the magicians of Egypt, they also did in like manner with the enchantments. So they throw theirs down. There's a bunch of snakes. And that's when I leave the room. Now, I've heard people try. How many of you ever heard this? How many of you ever heard them trying to establish how they did that? I've heard some person that I guess he was was not a Christian, but he said there is a nerve in the back of a snake in his neck that if you pinch it, it gets real hard and stiff. You ever heard, anybody ever heard that? No one's ever heard that. I heard a preacher say that one time. I was like, what? No, it's called a miracle. Amen. So all of a sudden they throw their their, their rods down and and I don't know where they're buying these rods, but I'd go to a different store, amen? And they're all going around, all going around and watch what happens. And I I guarantee you if you're Moses, you're going, oh my word, this is wow, this is wow. And then all of a sudden, verse number 12, where they cast down every man his rod and they became serpents. But here's where God's awesome. Aaron's serpent eats all the other ones. I don't know how this worked, because I've seen, I watched, I've watched videos, I've never wanted to go see a snake do this, but I've seen snakes in videos eat other snakes. And it's not a quick service, it's a full meal, amen? They have to dislocate, some of them have to dislocate their jaws to do it, but I don't think it was a long time in this, I think instantly, boom, 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 they, he ate all of them. You say, Pastor Wagner, why are you bringing this up? Everybody knows the story. Because we've got to put ourselves in perspective of who Moses is. What Moses has seen. There's no doubt in my mind that Moses had doubt because God always had to encourage him. And yet he gets up there and he thinks, okay, this is a great story. You're going to throw your rod down and everybody's going to think it's a snake. And in his mind he's probably thinking, then we'll just pick it up and we'll walk out of here and we'll tell them what's going to happen and then we'll walk out again. But that's not what happened. See, there's two questions I want to ask you, and then I want, to, I want to show you two more questions, and we'll be done. Have you ever made this statement? What just happened? You ever done that? You ever had that in your life, spiritually? What just happened? I thought everything was going to be okay. I was listening to God, I was doing exactly what God wanted me to do, and then all of a sudden a snake shows up. And it gets thrown on the ground, and then there's other snakes. What just happened? I remember we were driving in a car and I had rented a car and I was in, I was in Terre Haute, Indiana and we parked at a, a stoplight and it was one of those wrecks you could see it coming. There was a, a boy behind me that was texting and looking down and, and I had a bunch of cars. It was a rental car too. I was like, oh no, oh no. Oh no, oh no, no, he's going to hit me. He's going to hit me. And all of a sudden, bam, he ran in the back of it. And he looked up and was like, oh, where'd you come from? And I just said, did that just happen? And I I got out of my rental car, and thank God his airbag did not go off. It didn't scratch my rental car. It scratched his car. I don't know how God did that. But it was one of those moments you go, did that just happen? And I went back and talked to him, and, and he was nervous. I said, I need your information in case something is wrong with this vehicle. He said, whatever, you don't call the police. I said, we've already called the police, amen. And the police pulled up and I said, I said, I don't see any damage. He said, if you don't want to report it, you don't have to. I said, I've got his name and number, and, and and I remember that text he sent me that night. He said, I'm sorry that I wasn't paying attention. He admitted everything that he was doing. I was texting and I shouldn't have been doing. I promise you, I won't do that anymore. Little did he know I could take that to my insurance company and go, look what he just did. Did that just happen? Moses gets all these things done. He's doing everything that God wants him to do. Did that just happen? What about this? Is that what I expected? That's not what I expected. I didn't expect for God to do it this way. But God doesn't have to do the things that you want Him to do. That's what makes Him God. Sometimes we pray. How many of you ever prayed about something? And then your prayer changed something and you thought, wow, that does work. Have you ever done that? And and you're almost almost mesmerized that, I prayed for that and it worked. Because sometimes we just get so enamored in our life. What just happened is, it's not what I expected. Let me ask you two questions about this story. And I'll explain why I asked this. How many plagues did Pharaoh expect? He didn't know. You ever thought about that? See, we know how many there were. How many were there? Ten. Did you know that ten means it's a sign of completion? (laughs) It absolutely was to Egypt. That's why there's there's a bunch of tens in the Bible. But how many plagues did Pharaoh expect? He had no earthly idea. But in every one of them, God had said to him, I'm going to harden your heart. He was trying to get Pharaoh to admit who he really was, and every time Pharaoh would look back, and I think there was a section every time that this would happen. He'd go, "Okay, but remember the first plague? What was the first plague?" He turned the blood into the water into blood. Now this is my sense of humor a little bit because he calls us magicians, and they do the same thing. You know what I would have done if I was Pharaoh? I'd say, stop doing that. In fact, I would say, turn it back and do it the other way. Pharaoh didn't have any idea how many he's going to have. Your enemies don't know what to expect. The people that go against you, they don't know what to expect. God can do anything he wants. He does whatever He wants. And sometimes those things that He asks us to do are hard. I realized that when I went to the ark and I saw the size of that boat that Noah had to build. Because couldn't have God just taken Noah out, wiped everybody out, put all the animals back, built him a house, and put him back in the house. I don't mean this irreverent, but it sounds more sensible to do it that way. But you know what God wanted? He wanted to make sure that Noah was going to do what he... And what's it say? Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So my first question is, how many plagues did Pharaoh expect? Now let's make it personal. How many plagues did God promise Moses? The one that was doing his work. See, I understand why he didn't tell Pharaoh. But it never, one section did he say, hey, now listen, there's only nine more to go. Moses didn't know. You know what that tells me? That I'm going to go through things and I might not understand them. But God sure does. And that's why I go back to the thing that God truly is awesome. You know, I I talk about my wife or two situations that she went through. The, the, The cancer has given her the ability to talk to other people about it. The situation when she was young has given her an opportunity to talk to other people about it. Things that I've went through have given me the opportunity to think about it. We can sit there and go, I don't understand everything that's going on and I don't understand when this is going to end. Moses didn't know what he's going to end. I think every time he went there, he says, this is going to go again? Oh my word, am I going to have to do this again? And every time Moses went back to Pharaoh, the land was more spoiled than what it was before. He goes in and all of a sudden these And we say sometimes, well, the frogs don't sound too bad. When you multiply them by a million, they do, they are... And then, all oh, you got these dead fish everywhere. Oh, lice isn't that bad. When I talk about lice, my hair starts itching. I remember we've had lice before in youth groups and think, oh, don't scratch your head, don't scratch your head, don't, scratch. don't get close to me. I love you, but I'm going to pray from you from over here. You think of all these things, the cattle dying. The most powerful one at the very end is when the firstborn died. We don't know what to expect. Moses didn't know what to expect. But you know what Moses had to remember? That God had an order. That God had a plan. That God has his own timetable. And that God had a purpose. He systematically wiped out Egypt. Which he had systematically built up through a man by the name of Joseph. He said, why would he build it up and tear it down? Because it was God's timing. I can't tell you why. But I can tell you this, that God knows what he's doing. There's times in your life where you feel outnumbered. There's times in your life when you feel overwhelmed. When you talk to your dad, he says, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Can't order any food. You just sit there and go, is this going to get you worse? Shared it. Shared it with you, ma'am. But I got a phone call, and this might not sound much to you, but I got a phone call, and my sister said, you know what, you'll never believe this. Dad ordered his own food. Every time I took him out, I'll take whatever he has. (laughs) I was... I, I, I do this, I don't know where I did this before, but I like cottage cheese a lot. And I don't, you might think this is weird, but um, I like chili. I put chili, I make my chili where it's not wet, put so many crackers in it that it gets dry. I put cheese in it. Then on the top, this sounds weird, I put cottage cheese. And they were all going, that is gross. I said, I just like it this way. Didn't realize that my dad was sitting right beside me before he had made up his, he had not made up his mind of what he's doing. And everything that I was doing, he was doing. And I put my arm around him. See, I said, see, he likes cottage cheese on his chili also. I want to tell you something. Sometimes we don't understand everything. We don't know how long things are going to take place. We have a God that knows. Sometimes we're going to wrestle with Him and wrestle with Him and wrestle with Him and He's going to keep it the same way. Did He not do that in the Bible? Look up Paul and see what happened to him. Did He not ask God to take something away from him? Did God do it? No. He knows exactly what we need every step of the way. How many of you believe that God has an order for everything? How many of you believe that God has a plan for everything in your life? How many of you believe that God has a timetable in your life? And it might not be to your liking. And how many of you believe that God has a purpose for your life? Everything that we know that He did for, for, for Moses, He will do for you.